Modern Podcast for the Modern Entrepreneur. My name is Dan Ledbetter, and with me, as always, the lovely and talented Priscilla McKinney. How are you? I'm good. Did you like the copy of something I sent to you? No, where? <laughs> what? what? My brochure I sent to you. Oh my gosh, yes, yes. I, this is so funny. I went out to the mailbox and, you know, get in the mail. That's like one of my daily duties. Did, wait, wait, did you go Did you go to the mail like L.A. Story where you go in your garage, you get in your car, you open the garage, you back out, <laughs> you get your mail, and then you go back in and shut the garage? <laughs> That's Steve uh, Martin in L.A. Story. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yes, no, I did not do that. You didn't do that, okay. But that would be pretty badass if I did. I think, I'm going to try that once, just a freak my neighbors out but <laughs> i go to the mailbox and there's an envelope from little bird marketing i'm going oh wow what is what is this you know i thought i thought maybe it was a bill for all those times i pretended that i was going to pay you for all the <laughs> advice and i open it up and it's a flyer from branson missouri for barry williams from uh the brady bunch uh -huh. he was greg on the brady bunch and it's this cheesy flyer for a 70s music celebration. Oh, no, see, I live here. I mean, I live an hour and a half away from this mayhem, and it is just, it's unreal. It's like family entertainment. And, and some people know what Branson, Missouri is, but some people do not. And it is my desire that they would come and see exactly what it is. And I, we went to one show called the Shoji Chibuki Show, yes, which is yes. an Asian guy who plays the violin. And he's married to, he, he came when he was younger. He married an American, they have a daughter, and now the daughter plays with him. Well, the wife used to, and I don't know what that story is. Right. <laughs> anyway, but um, they're, you know, talented uh, musicians. But we went with my mother-in-law, and uh, it was so... And now he's talented, so don't get me wrong. The talent is there. Sure. But the sure. show, con conceptually, was so bad that it was so good. And Steve I and I love, are just looking at each those. other going, no way. I mean, if you were dropping acid, this would be amazing. Number one. <laughs> Not that I know from personal experience, but I'm just saying, you know, you know. Right. Like, seriously, just to give you a tidbit, because nobody can really understand it, he would be playing on the violin, sounds like a train coming or whatever, and literally, I mean, it's massive auditorium, right, in this, this stage. He would stand on there with some amazing glittered outfit, sure. play this song about a train, all of a sudden you they make the sounds like this big train's coming or whatever and literally this tiny toy train comes out the side you can barely see it from where you are in the auditorium and it comes around the stage and it's like a the circular stage or whatever and it comes around and it's basically if somebody's put their toy train up on the stage and that's like that number okay oh that is that sounds that like the uh that sounds around. like the stonehenge segment from spinal tap this exactly this is called the shoji tabuki show but right. see the show me your tabuki show <laughs> <laughs> now is it a permanent install in yes, branson yes and oh my gosh steve also calls it if you show me your tabuki i'll show you mine show. <laughs> Well, you know what you should do? I think this is a perfect opportunity for you to become a show promoter. I think you could buy the rights to that show, send it to Vegas or L.A., and I'll bet you would have the longest-running show in the history of the world. Well, I'm telling you, I couldn't afford to buy the rights to that show. The, he packs those things out with people who really think, I mean, literally, at one time, he's playing on the violin, home on the range, and somebody comes out in a cow suit and I'm in cow suit as in like from Chick-fil-A, like eat more chicken, like they're upright with the udders, you know, like a Halloween right. costume. And that person dances around a few times while he plays that song. That's the next number. 
I'm not joking. <laughs> it's unreal. And I look around me and I mean, it is packed with senior citizens. I mean, packed. And he's really? got like three shows a day. It's just crazy. It's absolutely insane. I couldn't even afford to buy the rights, I'm sure, to it. But, man, if I did, I could turn that into a hipster fest. Uh, I, I'm thinking uh, that we need to write our own show. <laughs> because it sounds like you could uh, you could do anything in Branson and people will come see you. Could it be a rockumentary, <laughs> if you will? <laughs> It'd be more like a mockumentary, I think. Oh, my gosh. That is so hilarious. Okay, so we have to talk about something uh, yeah, that we do, is we do worthwhile need to talk. entrepreneurs and marketing directors. What well, will here, it be? <laughs> let me throw this at you. This is something that I've been going through, and I'll, get, I'll ask your opinion. And maybe you do this. I, I, I don't know how you like organize your day, but like I have a piece of paper on my desk, and I learned this from my boss years ago, what he said was at the end of every day, you sit down and you write every single thing that you have to accomplish tomorrow and everything you accomplish, you scratch it off. And it's been very helpful, but it's been really in a lot of ways, like overwhelming and stressful for me because mm. I'll come to my desk first thing in the morning. I'll look at it. I'll go, oh my God, I'm never going to get through this. Right. Well, you probably and aren't. I mean, do you have days that you get through every single one of them? I have days when I actually make that list. Right. Okay. Well, see, that's the interesting thing. Let's start with that about to-do lists. And we can All talk right. about getting stuck, getting unstuck, some strategies. So do you do uh, that? Is that how, what, what do you do? How do you, be, and, and you especially, because you own like 20,000 different businesses, <laughs> how do you keep track of everything that you need to do and right. not just sit down and go, I need to pour myself a shot of vodka? Right. Well, that could be on my list some days. Um, <laughs> you need to move that one up higher on the list. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, no, you should do that last. <laughs> Try and get something <laughs> done true. first. I suffer from de decision fatigue a lot. Oh, that's a good word. Yeah, I spent the last three days working from home. Okay. And a little bit of it is uh, because I need to create a little bit of void at Little Bird Marketing and let my excellent people step into it. And sometimes I find that when I'm here, people do defer to me and ask me what to do and how to solve something when really, if I'm not here, they solve it. And oh, gotcha, gotcha. I have worked very hard to find the right people and they've worked very hard to really understand their job. And sometimes as a boss, I do them a disservice by being here. That is a little bit of a strategy for me being gone, working from home. Right. I, I can get my things done. I also like to be uninterrupted. And that doesn't happen here at work as often, no matter what we try and do. And you keep in mind, I have 12 employees. So if everybody has one question for me today, I've got 12 questions to answer. Right. <laughs> it's rare are the days that everybody just has one as well. So that's just an interesting way of a transition of where we're at. We've gone very quickly from four people to 12. And so people are still used to using me as a resource. But the reality, the true reality is that I have three people under me who are a resource. And in some instances, they're a better resource for the question than I am. So we just need to teach the team how to do that. And sometimes just creating the space helps. So I guess my first thing I'd say to people who are overburdened with a lot to, to do is to first think, hmm, what could I stop doing? <laughs> what on this list is not in my absolute genius work? Okay. And how can I go about giving that away? So some of those things for decision fatigue, for me, that is if I'm not here, 
I automatically delegate it out. <laughs> right. right. So it's right. a little tricky. But uh, let me start by saying this. I learned a valuable lesson when my office burned down. And I've talked about it a few times because it was an actual moment that was so clarifying for me. I had on my desk at the time that my fire burned down, and I'm sure I'll get this wrong, but maybe it was about five inches, six inches stacked of papers of very low priority, but things that I supposedly needed to do. It was a real to-do list. Right, right. right. And it weighed on me heavily. Now, every time I got got an extra 10 minutes, I'd go grab something from that pile and be like, okay, let me get this done. Let me get, you know, okay, this can be done. Or this was too old. It never got him. So I'd throw it away. You know, sometimes I'd be able to go through that list. But it never felt free in my office at my desk. There was always that pile. But I thought it was very important. I thought I was being a very good business owner by not avoiding those things or just going ahead and getting them done, you know? And so when my place burned down, because of the way my brain works, I don't like digital lists. I don't like digital ways to like, even when I edit things, I cannot edit your work online. I don't care what kind of online editing software there is. I have to get a pen. Oh, absolutely. I have to get a pen. I have to write it out. I have to see it and touch it. You're more tactile. I am. And I, if I look at it on a screen, my brain just doesn't engage with the same level of scrutiny. So I watched my building burn down and went with it this stack of papers, right? Of which I had no record what was in that stack. The stack was the record. Oh, I will say to you (laughs) almost six years later. Not one item that was in there that was left undone has ever come back to bite me in the butt. Interesting. So it gives me a very big sense of why is this on my list? Why why do I even need to do this? And let's even start with the idea of having a list because they, whoever they is, they say, researchers, um, that really to-do lists are not effective, that truly productive people or what I would refer to as freakishly productive people. Right actually calendarize everything. And oh, really? They, yeah, because you think about it this way. If you, I, I do write a list because I go and I, it's me kind of downloading. What do I need to do? What do I need to get done? Right? Sure. And I keep a list of things that are really, to me, a lot more like suggestions. Somebody said I need to do this. I think at one point I need to do this, blah, blah, blah. but I haven't really prioritized it yet. And I do keep it. I only let it be one page. So I have to really figure things out if it's starting to look like it's going to get past a page. Right. But if it's something that needs to get done, but it's off in the future, your list can grow because you're like, oh, I still need to get that done, but I really can't get it done until I get this thing done and blah, blah, blah. So instead, you can take it off the list and actually calendarize it. I did like four of these things yesterday where I was like, yes, I really can't prepare that yet for a client because we have a project going before it. So I put it on my calendar to say on Tuesday morning in November, I'm going to do this task. And now mm. it's off my list and I, it, but I'm still have to do it, but I'm no longer stressed about how long this list is going. Instead, I found a place for it. The other right. thing about calendarizing it is it makes you really assess how long is this going to take me to get done? And then the second thing it does is when I go into their calendar system, it makes me think, really? Am I putting this on my calendar? Well, why don't I put this on so-and-so's calendar? <laughs> oh, interesting. So it actually, it provides a way for you to see what what is needed and wanted from you specifically, right. as well as like, oh, this is something I can offload over to so-and-so. 
Right. Or this is even more interesting with where I work is that, oh, that's going to take me an hour. Oh, but if I call Brad in and actually just talk it out and don't try and write that, that's going to take me 10 minutes because that's how I work. And then I could schedule another 15 for me to transcribe what I said to him and I'll be done. Right. right. (laughs) So all of a sudden it creates these moments where I have these habits that make me ask myself the right questions, right? Because I'm too emotionally involved in that task. Right. So I just think, oh, must do this task. And so you either just do it and it is completely out of whack in terms of priorities. You're instead looking at last year's tax return, looking for some needle in a haystack or something. Right. When right. that's in the middle of your productive you know, day, that's not a good use of time. And it's not a good use of your time specifically. Now, let, let me ask you this. What calendar system do you use? We just use Google calendars and we all share oh, really? everybody sees everybody's calendars. Yeah. Wow. Um, um, you know, we, we have other systems where you can put something like even our clients can, you know, put something on our calendars. And if they're wanting to get some time, our web our web guy uses that a lot because people need to schedule some time with him. And he keeps certain hours open for client conversations and training and things like that. But for the most part, it's just Google. And then my assistant is tries to be very mindful of what is on my calendar for the day. And I know that uh, when I'm calendarizing I know I get very stressed out and I get very grumpy here when it's meeting, 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 when I don't have room to do and download some of the work from meetings. Right. I get very difficult to be around. (laughs) I think we all here know that. (laughs) So and sometimes it can't be avoided, but at least there's a lot of awareness about it here. And I'm like, I'm walking into three days of straight meetings, guys. What can you do to help me? What What are some of the things you can offload and people get helpful? Oh, you know? so that uh, that actually is a benefit as well, especially if you're if you're all sharing the same calendar. It's like someone say, hey, you know, you've got this meeting at ten. Let me take X project over right. here, yeah, so that that gives you like a, a fifteen minute break or something in between right. meetings. Yeah, I had taken writing these four certain blogs from my project manager because she was buried one week. I took them. I've had them for probably a month in my to-do list. And yesterday she's like, why don't I just take those back? (laughs) I was like, okay, cross it off my list. I even sent her a picture uh, via text of me crossing it off my list. Because you have to celebrate it. You're all, woo, I got well, it Well, yeah, there, there has to be some sort of, of payoff, I would think. Otherwise, the list becomes uh, like a, a millstone around your neck, I would think, right? Yeah, it's like, absolutely. like looking at that list, you're going, oh, my God, I'm never going to get this done. And then why bother starting? And, yeah, I could just imagine all of those things. But I would think with a calendar, that would at least it would still be the same thing, but differently, not prioritized, but laid out. Right. So well, it has, to, it. it has to get real when it's on a calendar. Do right. you really have the time to do it? Those are our limitations, time and obviously money on the other side. But and that's where, you know, the money kind of comes into. Do you can you offload this to someone? You know, I, I remember back in the day, I couldn't offload it to anybody. I didn't have enough staff to do that. I didn't have enough money to bring the kind of person on who would help me do this. So that money constraint can be there, too. But I think that we all know, and I don't think it's a cliche, that genius is born out of limitation. And I think sometimes the genius work when you have a lot to do on your list is to look at the list and say, what could I cross off this list? And no one would ever know. 
And right. if there are really things like that on your list, there are things that somehow you got a message from someone that you should do. You need to develop the habit of asking yourself what my sales coach always says, couldn't the opposite be true? Couldn't right. I never need to get that done and everything be fine? So that really brings me to the other point of why I find people really get stuck or overwhelmed or have too much on their to-do list or are disorganized. I think that people fail to look at things in a paradigm of what is bringing them profit. Oh, tell me, tell me more about that. What are actions that actually tie into goals? Hmm. And so it's almost like looking at each task is, will this bring me closer to my vision or will it pull me farther away? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because otherwise, what will motivate you? And if you go, oh, this has nothing to do with really where I'm trying to be. A lot of people have these ideas of what's your one year or three year or five year business plan. Oh, my gosh, I've done those before. But I'm just telling you, it's not helpful. It's not helpful for what I'm doing. It's not helpful for my stage of the game. What is helpful for me is to get a tremendous amount of clarity around my next 30 days, around my next 90 days. And even there are times when, and we are growing into this with where we are, we are definitely at a time where we can see our next 120 days for sure. But that took time for us to get there, to understand the predictability of our work, how fast we can get to something, et cetera. And so I think a lot of uh, solopreneur startups or even, you know, people who are managing social media for smaller company, they hear these things like, oh, I should have a five-year plan for my Facebook. No, you don't. You do need to know out what you're trying to accomplish is in the actual goals, whether they are for six or nine months or a year, but you need to be able to break them down into much smaller chunks. And if someone does that, I know it seems like I was tangential, but it's not. If you understand your 30, 60, 90, 120 days, then your today to-do list starts making sense. Is Do I need to do this uh, today? Do I need to do this next week? Or do I need to do this at all? And all of a sudden, you know, just stupid things start falling off your list because you realize they are not heading you toward that goal. Well, let me ask you this then. When the first building burned down and... You say Let's... that like a second one is going to burn down. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> when your first building burned down. <laughs> Out of the five buildings that you've destroyed. <laughs> no, but like I, I can imagine when you were standing on that sidewalk, uh, uh, other than being in, in total shock, I can imagine that a mental to-do list was already starting in your head about here's what I need to do after we get done with uh, the obvious trauma of today. So I'm curious, how did that work for you? Because I would almost be like, forget it, I'm just going to get a paper route and not worry about it. Because I would imagine (laughs) the insurmountable pieces of work that had to happen to get your business back up and running again. How did that work for you? Well, being that your computer was destroyed and there was no Google Calendar to go to. No, but, you know, I had everything online. There were calendars. You just had to get to the computer. I had my HR stuff was all outsourced. I had my all my graphics backed up to an underground storage, which was handy three weeks before also when we had a F5 tornado go through our town. Right. So, you know, then when you have a fire, yeah, I had all my computers backed up. They had backed up that night at midnight and the fire was at six in the morning. So we literally did not even lose one day of work. I had my, uh, I used QuickBooks online. So all of my accounting was online. And then we used a project management software that is just a web-based software. And so basically I just needed to get to computers, you know, so that was great. But your question about what do you do in that overwhelming moment? And I think what is 
interesting and what is really pertinent to what we're talking about today is that in crisis comes amazing, absolute clarity. You either go, I am going to get that paper route, screw this, or you go, okay, so what I'm going to need to do is one, two, and you just, there's, you're not thinking about, you know, the stupid thing on your list, like go back and reconnect all of um, the missing links in the blogs from three years ago. (laughs) <laughs> you know, that's an item that gets put on my to-do list sometimes. And then I look at it and go, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, but that's because it goes on my to-do list as a test. Is it going to get calendarized? It doesn't ever make it into the calendar, right? <laughs> um, but in that crisis, there's a tremendous amount of clarity. And actually, I- I'm not saying it wasn't difficult, But it wasn't difficult in the same way that working today is difficult. In a lot of ways, I feel like today's work is more difficult for me because I don't have that crisis that has created that amount of clarity. You have to create your own crisis. And I I have developed a knack for doing that. And I don't mean this in crisis like create problems. I mean create crisis like where the team knows, like, what are we going to do? We are at a watershed. What are we going with? Are we going to push on this package? Are we going to, what kind of work do we want to take? I create those mini crises all the time here at Little Bird. And maybe if my management team heard me say that, they'd be like, oh, that's what she's doing. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I create those crises so that we actually get clarity. Okay, nope, we're going to shed those things and we're only going to work on this. And it really helps you. The problem that people have when they tell me they're stuck or they say, I'm not creative, which is another pet peeve of mine, or I just don't know what to do. I'm overwhelmed. I have decision fatigue. And this happens a lot with entrepreneurs, with marketing managers, even at my level where I'm managing a larger company and, and right. where we're, we're still small, but we're moving into that midsize. That's a very, transitions are awkward, right? But the thing is about that situation is that they are so overwhelmed, there is no clarity because I think there is no crisis. If there were real goals on the table, real thought about where is point B anyway. If if that were clear, then they would have a less difficult time whacking things off that to-do list that are just absolutely unnecessary. Right. So we, we actually even developed a freemium. So you can go to littlebirdmarketing.com forward slash resources. I have all kinds of free stuff I give away all the time. You're welcome. And uh, <laughs> we created one this year that is called Smart Goals. And we found that with working with clients, you know, they would come to us with really vague things like, well, we just want to really put our brand out there on Facebook. I'm like, okay, that's not a goal. Right. (laughs) It's not anything I can work toward at all. And I know that everybody is pretty aware of SMART goals, exactly what SMART stand for. And you can learn that on the guide. But, you know, it's about really getting specific on the actual goals and really testing them before you just say, yeah, that's what we're going to do. You test them, you put them down and you put numbers to them. And it's a little worksheet that helps you actually put your goals down. So if that's helpful to you, that's great. But I think you have to have goals in terms of where am I going from point A to B? Because when you're looking at a list of to-do things, you need to know how does this action tie to my goal? Right. And I feel that people leak motivation when they can't make the connection. They can't see that it is really an integral part of doing that. And this is one last piece I'll say about this is that some people come to us and they really want a magic pill for, you know, marketing. 
And I'm not your person. You want a magic pill? I don't believe in them. I think that marketing, and especially in this day and age, and especially content marketing, it is a patience game. And it is a lay a foundation game. And it takes a year to really carve out a place on the glorious World Wide Web, right? Right. It takes time. So it can look like the to-do list that thing that you have, that could really look inconsequential. For example, let's take the example of, you know, me going back on a lot of my old blog and linking it to new information. That's a really worthy goal because it's very valuable. There's no, to me, I, I, it's still one of those things that keeps making my to-do list because I'm like, oh, I should do that. I should do that. I know all the reasons in SEO why I should do that. But that goal to do that is where you get more SEO, more traffic, right? Right. What's interesting is right now in this moment, I don't need new traffic. I need to deal very well with the clients that are coming to us. And so I have so much time where we're refining processes. We're creating more videos. If I looked at my 30-day, my 90-day, my 120, I mean, I can just tell you off the top of my head. My 30 days is that we are onboarding 10 new clients into our new business accelerator program. I, that's, that is what I'm doing a lot next 30 days. So it doesn't matter come hell or high water. Right. In the next 90 days, we'll be talking about and really introducing more of a push for more speaking gigs for me this next year. I've been doing a lot of keynoting and things like that. So we're going to talk about, Hey, how can we incorporate that into what we do? And that will give me a lot more exposure and give more exposure to little bird marketing. But in the 120 day view, in in six months, we will have completed all of the internal videos we need done for training. I know that. So I look at those three things and I'm like, look, those are very tall orders, those three things. And so I look at this thing about going back into my old blogs and tweaking them out for great SEO. And while it is a smart idea and it's good advice to give someone, it does not fit with where I'm going in the next six months. And so I have to look at that and say, nope, sorry, you cannot have a piece on my calendar because it is not directly tied to my current goal. Hmm. You know, I have a friend, actually, she's the the boss of the nonprofit I work with, Mm -hmm. and she has one of the most tightest schedules I've ever seen. And she does the calendaring thing, like what we're talking about. Yeah. But since hers is mostly uh, traveling, it's it was so funny. It's like, I think about things like that. And this, this thing of organizing your life by calendar, like at 12 noon to 2 p.m., I've got exercise or whatever. And then at uh-huh. 2.30, I've got a coffee meeting with this person. And then at 4, I've got this. For me, and maybe maybe this is just what I'm making up about it, I would get so stressed out that there was not any free time in the middle of that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Right. It's like the calendar would be go here, go here, go right. here, go here, go here. And then maybe stops at 9 or 10 at night. And then it's like... All right, I should probably calendarize going to bed <laughs> but that's, and that's waking how, up in the morning. I, I totally hear what you're saying, but I don't do that. And in fact, it does stress me out when there are too many things on my calendar. And that's what I was mentioning that everybody knows when I'm when I am calendarized out for the week. You know, I might be very productive, but I'm not very nice to be around. And so that's not my goal is to schedule every waking moment of my week. What the goal is, is to only let something on my calendar that absolutely has to be done. And I can count on the fact that from that time that I put it on my calendar, I will be working on that project. 
Gotcha. Well, so that makes I more sense. I love it to be, to have like where I've got, you know, three days wide open. I had the, the reason why I worked from home, you know, the last three days was because I had those calendars, you know, why do I didn't have meetings and I, I had, I had tasks to do in there, but they weren't time bound. I made them time bound by putting them on my calendar, but they weren't somewhere I had. To, I probably had like three conference calls while I was, you know, uh, working from home. So that to me is very low stress. But then I could go and look. I really did assessment. What I did was got my to do list thing and I brought it down. I'm, I'm looking at it right now and I only have two things left on it and I'm ready to toss it. And it's I need to finish evaluating those two things. Do they belong on my calendar or am I going to let them go or am I, am I going to delegate them? And that way I can just follow my calendar. There is a little bit of a freedom in following your calendar, but you're right. You cannot overschedule yourself because you don't feel like that's your life. And I'm within that. Some other people might really love that. But that brings me to the last thing I want to mention. Sure. Everything we've talked about, productivity and time and money and decision fatigue and letting things go. But for me, the big piece, and I'm glad you brought that up, is self-awareness. Mm, yeah. How do I work my best? Pay attention. That's one of my favorite quotes from Frederick Buechner. Pay attention to your life. Listen to your life. What happened to you when you got stopped? What happened to you when you got stressed out and were, you know, so grumpy and horrible to be around? Those are the things where I go, oh, that keeps happening to me when I overschedule myself. Let's not do that. Right. <laughs> you know, and then I have to instruct everybody around me. I have to tell my assistant, please don't put back to back meetings to me on a day that just kills me. I know that that hour is sitting there and someone's asking me for it. And you're like, oh, well, it's clear on our calendar. But if you know I have four that day, I can't do it. I can't. I'm just going to be a horrible person. And then also look at like what kinds of project do you really excel at? You know, look for ways that you can twist your project, the to-do that you have into something you're good at. For example, a lot of times when I have to tackle writing something much larger, I get really stuck. I just get so overwhelmed. And I know people have little tips and stuff about how to break it down into small tidbits and things like that. But that doesn't help me. I have had to learn over time. I either need to get someone and sit them in my office and talk to them about the project and I record the conversation or I need to just start the recording on my on my button and just explain it to somebody like just explain it to the phone. This is what it is, this is what I'm thinking. I am so much more lucid and clear just speaking than I am sitting down and forcing myself to write on an overwhelming topic. Hmm. So for me, have record. if you looked at my phone, how many recordings I have saved, it's just ridiculous because I use that as a way to go back and understand my own thoughts and then organize them into great writing. Well, this is you live right now. This isn't a recording of you. Right. Okay, good. I just want to be clear. <laughs> I thought, I thought, wait a minute, maybe she did this podcast about a week ago and I'm just playing along to like a robot or something. I wish. I wish I could get that done. No, I don't because this is like time I look forward to. Isn't that funny? We're so worked ahead in podcasts, but I enjoy this time. And oh, this yeah. is something that I protect this time because my podcast doesn't generate revenue. I mean, it, it is now, but that wasn't the point. And I don't get sponsors. I don't try and do that. I just try and use this as a platform to show my expertise and also to give free things away to people that I think would find my perspective or my experience valuable. 
And I like to do this. This enlivens me. And so this isn't going to get cut from my schedule. So these projects are the kinds of projects that I like. So I'm like, oh, so do more of that. Do less of some other things. Now I have a team developed that makes this a lot easier on me. But you learn and you grow constantly. And so there's another challenge ahead of us of how I'm going to have to understand our team better and move to the next place. How do I unload the next set of tasks that are on me that are not really ideal for me? Right. Right. Wow, that's amazing. Well, before we wrap this up, I want you to revisit the the freebie you're giving away. And can you give me a little more insight? I haven't gone to the website yet, so I I haven't seen it. But it sounds like something I personally would want to download. Like, how do you use it? What, What benefits have you seen from you using it in your own environment? And how do you think it's going to help, you know, some entrepreneur that's like going, oh, my gosh, I hate the 5,000 piece of paper on my desk. I need something that's going to give me a little more clarity on what I'm going to do. Well, our smart goal download is really a small little guide to help you get a jump start on your marketing plans and strategies. And what it does is take these vague, we want to increase our exposure on Facebook type of statements into really actionable steps. And so smart goals are not, I didn't make this up. Those are specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time bound. We talked about a few of those today, especially the relevant one. And I think that people might be specific even and might even be able to get it to be measurable, but yet they don't really think, but is this relevant? Should I even be working on this? Um, And so, you know, that it, it really helps people hone in on, I want to be able to get something done. And I'm telling you, when people are stuck or overwhelmed, getting a small task done really starts that confidence circle going. I've talked about that in other podcasts, but about like if you commit to something and then you put your skills to it and you do it, you know, you you up level your confidence. And every time you come around the circle, it gets better and better. Well, that's why it's so important to set smart goals, even for small items. But then when you learn it and you really master it, you start setting smart goals for very large tasks. Like for us, the getting 10 new clients in our business accelerator program, which is super exciting to us, that was a six month long list of smart goals that got us there where we created literally this whole program that puts your entire marketing year in a nutshell. In three months, we walk you through a 12-week process where you can put every single one of your marketing goals down and you have a, a total calendar of how to lay a foundation in content marketing. Wow. Yeah. And that you can find at littlebirdmarketing.com. And there's the business startup package and business accelerator. But if you take a look at that, not only for what it can do, but to be able to say, okay, this is a huge project. Well, that was only achieved here by us breaking this down over six months into a lot of like compartments of SMART goals. Oh, gotcha. So you really have to be able to, to master it on the small thing, and then you can take them into much bigger projects. But in the smart marketing goals template that comes with it, we actually give you like examples and you do the math and you create the numbers of what it is you're trying to do and you put it on the time and from that you can calendarize. But we ask you also some qualitative questions to help measure the relevance for you because you may finish the worksheet with one goal you had in mind and look at it and go, oh, wow, I'll throw that in the trash. <laughs> you know, right. And I hope that does happen for some people because you realize, you know, this was not the thing for me to smart goal. 
<laughs> Let me come up with a better goal that really is relevant. And that way I can put all of my back into that. So it walks you through just understanding SMART. And then it walks you through a little bit of kind of a high level view of four marketing actions that we just absolutely hold tightly to. That's attract, you know, attracting people to your site, attracting people to your company. The next step is converting them. They've been visitors. They're looky-loose. How do they actually become leads? Then you close people. But the last one is my favorite one is how do you continue to delight your customers? How do you continue to just hit a home run even when you've already earned their business? And so those four marketing actions to me have to be remembered before you even start setting marketing goals. So it's about creating smart marketing goals. And like I said, there's a template in there. And then we give you a template where we kind of do it. And then we give you another one that's completely blank. So we kind of hold your hand a little bit through it. Um, And then we do a lot of samples so that you just get what you're like, oh, I can do this on my own. And literally you can print it out as many times as you want for free. In fact, the, the blank goal sheet, print it out 10 times, use it every time you have a new goal. And I hope it's a fantastic resource. Wow. Well, that's very generous of you, uh, number one. And I I can't imagine anyone not wanting to utilize something like that to help get, you know, get their their things in order. Honestly, I got to tell you something. When we first started talking about to-do lists, I could feel the tension in my body, like even just (laughs) thinking about it. It's like, I'm going, oh, crap, I got to go do this. I got to go to the store. I have to. And then it's like now it feels like, oh, wow, I don't have to be oppressed by the tyranny of the urgent. It's like I can lay this out to make my day manageable. Well, yeah, and I think the strongest thing that what you're saying there is that just you have to remember, you get to choose point B. Don't let someone else choose point B for you. Because then all the things that you have to do to get there are not going to be fun. They're not going to be valuable to you. They're not going to be meaningful to you. People too often let someone else say, you have to do this. You have to create a blog. That's what you ought to do. Well, I, if you don't want to do that, then, you know, and getting from point A to point B is a lot of work. So you better make sure that B is a place you want to go before you start setting SMART goals. That's powerful stuff, Priscilla. That really is. Well, good. Now I've I've got a lot to do, so I have to get going. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank goodness uh, you're using your list. Otherwise, your day would be uh, completely shot. Right. Well, thank you again, Priscilla, for that. And for the freebies, too. I mean, good Lord, I don't think I've ever encountered anybody in a business like this that was generous enough to give away productivity activity tools that didn't have some sort of ulterior motive behind it. And that's why I love that about what you do with Mm -hmm. the stuff you have. And of course, listeners, we want to hear from you uh, based on your experiences with, uh, I hate to use the term, but I'll just say time management or project management. How has that worked for you? Uh, do you do sticky notes all over your refrigerator or your pet? Or what do you, how do you get through the day without wanting to pull your hair out at the end of it? So make sure you head on over to uh, littlebirdmarketing.com to pick up this freebie that Priscilla has graciously decided to give away. And as well, we want to hear from you about this podcast. What are the things you want to hear us talk about? other than uh, the shows in Branson, Missouri. So you can always leave us a comment on our Facebook page, on the Little Bird website, or wherever you downloaded this podcast from. So four ponderings from the perch, 
the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast, the modern podcast. For the modern entrepreneur, this is Dan Ledbetter, along with Priscilla McKinney saying, have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.